And welcome to Reim Ahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I'm so happy you're joining me today. Live today, 1124, Turkey Day, huh? Yeah. Oh, you might be listening to this on Monday night. This might be a repeat. Thank you for waiting for me. Yes, those who you who listen to me every week, I thank you for listening and I thank you for waiting. And I thank you for being there. And Be'ezus Hashem, Nasev V'Natzliach. We have so much to talk. There's almost so much to talk. We can just talk all day. We can just talk all day about marriage. It's just unbelievable. What we do here, for those of you who are new, is we are here to try, Be'ezus Hashem, to help, to empower, to improve, to, to what? To help create and recreate, connect and reconnect your marriage, your relationship. There's always something you can do to get to the next level. Always. I'm t- you know, you'll tell me, no, Baruch Hashem, Rabbi Greenfield, my marriage is good now. It, it, it's so funny. And, and people sometimes, sometimes, not that I see a lot of it, but sometimes people feel that, okay, we're good. We're at a good point right now. Don't feel comfortable with yourselves. Don't feel comfortable with yourselves. Marriage is not a plateau which you reach and you stay on. It's constant constant work. If you haven't gotten that yet, then either you haven't been married long enough yet or you are just disillusioned because marriage is a constant, constant avoda. Every day, every day, investing, investing, communicating, talking and connecting. It's all about work. That's what it's about. And if you don't take care of it, it's going to go down. It's going to go downhill. You know, a couple of things. First of all, um, I got, okay, last week's show, <laughs> got a lot of feedback. So here's a story. A lot of you, I know, I, I was telling you, I'm going to get back to you. I just did not get a chance to. Baruch Hashem, I, I, Baruch Hashem, you know, things are good, things are not good. Uh, we're busy. We're busy. We're very, very busy helping people, Baruch Hashem. And I'm not really doing anything. It's really a Kodesh Baruch Hu, and hopefully I'm a good shliach. But the point is, I have been very, very busy, and I do apologize for all those who I have not gotten back to. I hope to, Be'ez Hashem, get back to you. And a lot of you texted are waiting for replies. I do apologize. Hopefully, I will get to it. Hopefully, hopefully soon. The next thing is as follows. Next thing is as follows. And that is, I, I, you know, last week and this week, we are in like the most, I would say, telling parshas that speak about marriage. The most telling parshas. Last week, parshas Vayera. This week, parshas Chayesara. Those of you who are listening to me on Monday night, you already passed Chayesara, but I am telling you, it is worth it just to look at a couple of the Psukim and the Rashis. And you don't even, you know, I could talk from today until tomorrow, and, and either you're going to listen or you're not going to listen. But those of you who are like taking our Torah seriously, just take a look at the Psukim. It just really says it all. Now, so many times we speak about here, at the Rambam, when he speaks about marriage and what the obligation for the man is and what the obligation for the woman is. And, I, and you've heard it from me many times over. It's a Rambam that's based on a Gemara. It, it's not composed as a nicety-nice, oh, you know, be nice to your wife, be nice to your husband, because it's a nice thing to do. He brings it down literally as a halacha. And he says, the Rambam says, for the man, not only to respect his wife, but to respect his wife more than he respects himself and to love his wife. And for the woman, if you take a look at the woman, treat her husband like a king, etc. And, of course, the husband has to treat his wife like a queen as well. But, you know, we talk about it. It's the Rambam, it's the Gemara. But you know what? Let's forget about, well, forget, but let's put that for a side. 
Just look at the Torah. Look what the Torah speaks about. Torah and Parshas Vayera, when the Malachim come to Avraham Avinu. Now, you know, I talk about Avraham Avinu, Sarah, uh, we talk about Yitzchak, Yaakov, and it's like, yeah, they were our forefathers. We do not have a musag. We do not have an iota of an understanding of who these people were. These were people who were like, you know, Ovde Hashem should be Ovde Hashem. They were so connected to Hashem that, you know, we're, comp- you know, we talk about, we talk about Tanaim, we talk about Amaraim, but Avos, Avram Avinu, Yitzchak Avinu, Yaakov, like, beyond, beyond. We, we don't even know who we're talking about. These are people who are beyond, beyond, ultimate connected to Hashem. And these are servants of HaKadosh Baruch Hu who are connected, have probably the strongest relationships anybody has ever had with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Avram Avinu, right? Who else? Like, oh, yeah, right? Strongest relationship, okay? Yitzchak, Yaakov. And if we take a look at the stories of their lives, and if we take a look about what happened, and when the Malachim finally come, you know, finally, they come to Aram Avinu, who had a bris, 99 years old, and, and he has a bris, he's an old man, and the Malachim come to visit him, and what do they say to him? Like, there's so much they can speak to him about. They could speak, they could ask him questions about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They can ask him questions about all the of work that he does. They can ask him all sorts of questions. But listen to what the Malachim are saying to Aram Avinu. Pasik tas parakutras. Vayom Ruelav. And they said to him, What, what, is the, what are the Malachim going to say to, to, to Avram Avinu? There's so much to talk about, right? Aye Sarah Ishtacha. Where is Sarah, your wife? Vayomer. And he says, She's in the tent. And if you take a look at Vayomer Elav, there's a bunch of dots on top of that. Look at Rashi. This is not, this is not my words. Uh, we don't make anything up over here. This is, this is Rashi. Look at Rashi. What does Rashi say? And so Rashi says, in this passage, right? There's Nakudis, there are like dots on top of this, Elav. So why is it? So what does it say? And I'm just going to go a little bit further than Rashi speaks about it. Whatever, other places has Nakudis. Lamadnu. We learn, a person should ask in the place that he's being hosted by. Le'ish al ha'isha to the man about the wife, or le'isha al ha'ish, and for the wife about the husband. Baba Metzia Amrim, Baba Metzia says, Yodim ha'yu malachi ashores Sarah imenu hechanaisa. You think the angels didn't know where Sarah was? Like, are we making a joke? These weren't three people who came to visit Avram Avinu. These were three angels. These were malachim. They knew good and well where Sarah was. Ella, rather. Lehodia to let us know, to let me and you know, you who's listening to me right now, haisa, that she was a tsnua. You know what the point was? Not to say, oh, she's keeping halacha, she's a tsnias girl. No, 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 that's not the point. The point was, in order to endear her to her husband, to create a connection between Avraham Avinu and Sarah. He has different explains to give her a kos bracha. You th- do you really think that Avram Avinu wasn't connected to Sari Yemenu? You think they didn't have the most amazing marriage in the world? I mean, we see from the other parishes. I mean, we're talking about the Avo, the, you know, Avram Avinu. He's, our, he's the role model. Sari Yemenu, the role model. You don't think they didn't have an amazing relationship? They probably have the most amazing relationship in the world. Nonetheless, 
the Chacham, the Malachim, come and they ask where Sarah is. Why? To create a big, to create a more deeper connection, to connect them even further, to be able to allow Avram to get even to the next level. I would just remind you how much of a tznuah Sarah Imenu was. The Malachim got it. <laughs> well, they're Malachim, they're programmed. The problem is we don't get it. The point is to connect. That's the point, to connect. It's not like, oh, nice-sitting, nice thing. Okay, are you in love with your wife, your husband? Oh, it's so romantic. This is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. We see this in the Parsha. You still don't believe me? Take a look a little bit later. A little bit later, what it says, it says, it says, how's it possible for me to have a child? <laughs> my husband is old. He didn't say I'm old. Vadoni's okay. My master, my husband. Listen to what she calls him, by the way. Vadoni. Vadoni's okay. My master is, right? Adoni. Adon. is okay. He's old. Which might have offended Avram Avinu. Obviously, she didn't mean it that way. Vayomer Hashem Avram. And Hashem says to Avram, Lama Why is Sarah laughing? Or, or, or whatever way you translate Tzachak Ha'af Umnam Eiled. Possible for me to give birth. Kanti. And I am old. Do you hear this? Yeah, yeah, you heard this before. But you have to hear it again. I have to hear it again. That what? Hashem changed the words of Sarah around. That's not what Sarah said. Sarah said something else. What does Rashi say? Comes along Rashi. What does Rashi say? It was changed. The Torah changed it. Why? Because of Shalom. She didn't say, she didn't say that I am old. I'm too old to have a baby. She didn't say that. What did she say? She said, my master is too old. So in case Avram Avinu would take it as implied criticism. Yes, 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 exactly. Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu. And of course, of course, believe you me, Avram Avinu would never have taken it as an implied criticism. He would completely understand his wife, Sarah. He was Avram Avinu. But maybe a, a sliver, like a little, who knows what, like a part of him, part of part of him would have gotten offended. Part of part. Why is she talking about me? What about her? HaKadosh Baruch Hu changed the words around. What does Hashem say? Hashem says that she said, Vanizakanti, as opposed to Vadonizakim. Why? To prevent love. Why? To retain a connection. That they should retain their bond. Their Kedusha. You hear me now? Kedusha. It's called Kedushin. Marriage is called Kedushin. Why is it called Kedushin? Because it's holy. You know when it's holy? When there's a connection. When there's a bond. When you're unifying and you feel connected as one. When you feel like Ravari Levine, our, her foot hurts us. That's when there's the ultimate Kedusha. It doesn't have to be at that level. It doesn't have to be at that level. But you know what? When there's that connection, that's when there's Kedusha. And if anything is going to get in the way of that connection, we have to do whatever we can to prevent that. So then we move on to this week's Parsha. And what does this week's Parsha tell us? This week's Parsha says something else. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Chaisa. And if you're listening to this on Monday night, it was actually last week's Parsha. And I put a little note over here. I couldn't find it, but I just found it. Okay. What does it say? It says in Parshas Chayisar, Perek Chav Dalit, at the end of Perek Chav Dalit, Pasuk Tesayin, 
It talks about Yitzchak, Avram's son Yitzchak, Avinu, who's, who's what? Who's basically marrying Rivka. How does it describe it? It says, Yitzchak Avinu brought his wife to the tent. Which tent? The tent of Sarah, his mother. He took Rivka and she became his wife. Right? Rivka became Yitzchak's wife. And then it says, And he loved her. Listen to, the, listen to the progression here. The progression here is he's first bringing her into his mother's tent, and then he loves her. And then he loves her. Now let's see what Rashi says. It's like, like dogma of Sarah Imo. She calls man she Sarah Kayames. As long as Sarah Imo was, was alive, the, do you know this? this is very interesting. The, the candles that she lit from Erev Shabbos would stay lit from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos. Ubracha mutsaya be'isa, and there was blessing found in her dough. The anon kasher ala ohel, and there was a cloud of glory on the tent. Umishemesa, when she died, paskuit stapuk shabbos rifka chazra, and when Rivka came back, Rivka came into her, his mother's tent, which is Sarah's tent. That's when what happened was that all these blessings came back. And you know what it says? It says that he brought her into the tent and then he, then he loved her. I just heard this morning, beautiful, someone's telling me, the Chazanish says, we learned such a beautiful lesson from here. You know, some people think that the most important part in marrying someone, in dating and going out and marrying, it's all about that. You don't have to have that loving feeling that the romantic, glorious, Cupid's flying, whatever you want to call it, feeling. And if you don't have that feeling, ach and vey, it's the worst thing in the world. And that's it. Once you have that feeling, then you know. It's like an insurance policy. You, you know. You got that feeling. You have that connection. You feel so tight. You feel like unbelievable. You know, the chas kala feeling. Stay up till the wee hours of the morning talking to each other on the phone. Well, that's the, like the insurance policy that the marriage will be fine. That's the most important. And you see from over here, from this postage, it's not true. Because the progression with Yitzchak Avinu was first he brought her into his tent, into his mother's tent, and then, and only later, that's when they connected, and that's the way he loved her. You see, love is, is a word that's, that's really, I hate to say it, the word love, it, it's, it's you know, a little bit over, overrated. <laughs> it's overrated. Why do I say it's overrated? Because you know, people feel in love, they're in love, they feel so close, they feel so connected. I want to tell you, those, those initial feelings of love, as important as they are, and don't get me wrong, they're very important. But it, 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 that's not something that's, that could be an insurance policy. That's not something that's necessarily lasting. That's not something that you could just put on an autopilot. Oh, I'm always going to love my husband. I'm always going to love my wife. We're just going to feel connected and beautiful. It'll be so good. I don't even know why I like her so much. I don't know why I like him so much, but we feel so connected. It's so beautiful. You're kidding yourself. I'm serious. You're kidding yourself. It's important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not important. But if you think you're just going to lean, lean on that and rely on that, it ain't happening. It's not going to happen. You have to toil. You have to work. You have to invest in your marriage. I'm really talking mostly to the men here. I'm sorry. I don't mean to start with you today. But you really have to invest in your marriage. And I'll tell you why. Let me tell you why. 
And that's not something I want to talk about today. And that is because your wife, gentlemen, your wife has a need that you, it's sort of important for you, but I want to tell you, the need that she has is a primary, it's a primary essential piece of her existence. And that is the need for her to feel connected to you. Do you hear me now, gentlemen? She has a need. Now, you might have that need at a certain level. I know you do have a certain level, but that's not your primary need. But her need is to feel connected. That's her need. She doesn't even have to work hard to get that need. It's just like, it's like an autopass. It's like who created the woman. She has a need to feel connected, to feel that relationship, to feel close, to feel bonded, mostly with you. Now, I know this sounds very weird because some of you are coming home to wives who are complaining and negative and unhappy and sebrochen and sishmetered. But I want to tell you something. I can almost guarantee you all that negativity and the complaints and the blaming and the criticism and the negativity is all coming from her lack of getting what she needs. And you don't get it. What she needs is to feel close to you. Now you're going to tell me about Greenfield. No, no, not my wife. Not my wife. She's misnegative. Even people who know her, she'll tell you she's negative. You know why people who know her will tell you that she's negative? Because she's not feeling fulfilled. She's not feeling connected. She's not feeling that closeness. She might not even know about. Do you hear me? I have women who come to my office sometimes. Couples come to my office. And a woman's like, I've had this happen. I, I, I've really had this happen. Women come in and they'll say, yeah, you know, I feel like such a baby sometimes. Like I need my husband. I need to like spend time with him. I need quality time. You know, like I feel like, why, what's my problem? Why do I need this? I shouldn't need this. I just got to get over it. Like, I just got to get over this need. And I tell them, no, you're wrong. You're 100%. What's the way I call who created you? It's normal. That need is normal. That's your, I'm going to use a very strong term now, and and excuse me for using the strong term, but I'm going to use it anyways. You know what that is? That's their oxygen. You hear me? That's their oxygen sometimes. With that, and they don't, they don't, they can't breathe without it in a marriage. And some of these marriages are so distant and toxic and critical and blaming and negative. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. And the woman literally starts choking. I, I know this sounds very, very, very rough. And I'm not saying that men don't have a need because what the man's need is to feel achieved. And if he sees that his wife is sabrach and negative, he feels blamed. He feels very bad about it. He feels like he's not accomplishing. You know, he feels like I can never make her happy. That's what I hear from men all the time. Can never make her happy. No matter what, she'll always make, she's always miserable. No, it's not the blinds and the kitchen and the new this and the new that and the fur coat and the millions of dollars are spent on Amazon. I'm sorry. You know what it is? Today, big sales, right? Tomorrow, Black Friday, big sales. You know what it is? Let me tell you what it is. What it is is as follows. What it is is that she's not breathing emotionally. She's not feeling connected. Now, for those of you women who are listening to me, and there are exceptional women who don't necessarily have this, this need at this level that I'm talking about, though I would say most women do. But those of you who don't, and some of you listening to me, you know, no, I don't have that need. I can almost promise you that your husband has that need. It's so funny the way HaKadosh Baruch sets everything up. That exceptional woman have that need to connect. And, and mind you, she does. She really does. But whatever, we're not going to get into it. Her husband is the one who has the need. And then she feels like her husband is is a little bit overwhelming. And that hits her avoda. But gentlemen, at the end of the day, let's be real. Your wives have a need to connect. And you're, you're just missing the boat. I'm not talking about all of you. Chas v'shalom. You have such amazing marriages. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. But for those of you who don't, 
Or for those of you who are, it's sort of quasi. I'm telling you now, what am I saying now? I'm saying now that your wives have this need to breathe emotionally. And that need is to feel connected to you, to feel close, to spend quality time with you. And yes, there are five love languages. Yes, I'm not disagreeing. And definitely some things mean more to her than others. But I could tell you almost for every woman out there, yeah, I I could say this straight, that what? They have a need to spend quality time with their husband. Yes, 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 yes. It's a need. And and nothing to be ashamed about. It's very normal. It's very very normal. And you 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 know what's sad? Let me tell you what's sad. What's sad is, is that it used to happen. When you first got married to her, it used to happen. Because then you were able to give her attention. Oh, you know what's also sad? It's also sad that in certain couples it only happens in certain times. I'm not going to get into it. But the point of the matter is, is that what's really, really sad is that it, it's just a matter of applying yourself. And you can do it. We're not talking about it hours upon hours. 15, 20 minutes a day. Sit, talk, connect, communicate. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking, this Mamash Siyat Shmai, like, you know, like the whole hats thing was Mamash Siyat Shmai, hungry, angry, tired, stressed. Those of you who listen to me, came with something else. I was like, okay, we could figure out. You know, we had the triple A's, we had the triple C's, and listen to this. I think this is pretty, pretty interesting. A lot. And that is, and that is, if you think about it, what's the most important thing in a marriage? What's the most important? <laughs> so many things to talk about. What do you mean the most important thing? Where does it start from? Where does it start from? You know what I would say? I said the letter C's. I, I, I'm, I'm really not saying this in a definitive way where I'm going to write it in my booklet, but what I will tell you is I just came up with this this morning. It's complete Siyad and I feel this is true. It all starts with commitment. That's where it starts from, the seed of commitment. That's where it starts. You have to be committed in your relationship. You have to understand that everything that I'm talking to you about today is not my words. This is all coming, you know, this is all based on Torah principles. Coming from the Torah. It's the Torah principles. We see, like I told you in this week's parasha. Last week's parasha, this week's parasha. But you have to be committed in a marriage. You have to be committed to give, to invest, to spend time, to be mevater, to know how to negotiate. You have to be committed. You never, never, ever, ever have a, it's like, a, not for me, I married the wrong woman. You know, maybe in other worlds, in other religions, in other who knows what. We don't do that. We're based on the MS. The MS says that we have to be committed. That's number one. We're committed. That's number one. Number two is communication. So we got the sea of commitment. We got the sea of communication. Communicating meaning just communicate, spending time with your wife, spending time with your husband, empathizing, sympathizing, being there for them, not arguing, not spending time and saying, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Giving solutions to your wife or giving solutions to your husband but communicating, attention, appreciation. And then the last C that I came up with, maybe you have a better C, you could text me afterwards, but I, that I came up with is compromise. And that is compromise in your marriage. Compromise doesn't mean like, okay, I'll get half of it and you'll get half of it. No. Most of the time just to let go. Be mavata, be mavata, be mavata. Sometimes you know that you won't be able to survive without it, so then you have to negotiate and you have to know how to negotiate and still compromise. But most times, let it go. And that's the C of commit, communicate, and compromise. Those three Cs. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know what you got? Let me tell you, you got. You got the dangerous, dangerous Cs. You know what the dangerous Cs are? The most dangerous C. And if you bring this into your marriage, I'm telling you, you don't know how, you don't, I'll tell you right now, you don't have a good marriage. 
You do not have a good marriage. Yeah, you're listening to me right now in the kitchen. You're listening to me in your car. Wherever you're listening to me, I'm telling you your marriage is not good if this was what going in your house. You might not want to hear, but I'm going to be very frank with you. That's the sea of criticizing. That sea of criticizing, it creates such distance between couples. It, that sea of criticizing, which is really blaming and criticizing and attacking, that creates such, such misery in houses. But what do you mean by Greenfield? I have to tell her. I have to tell her. You don't have to tell her. You don't, have to, you don't have to tell her. I'm telling you, most of the stuff you think you have to tell her, you would let it go. So the garbage is overfilled, let it go. So you didn't get your chicken, with the, whatever, let it go. If you, just let it go. Let it go. I'm telling you, the thermostat, most of the times you're really, really angry at your wife is not because you're angry at your wife. You're angry at something else. I'm telling you. No, Rabbi Greenfield, I really am. I didn't say there are, aren't exceptional cases. I didn't say there aren't exceptional cases. What I'm telling you is that most of the times you're displacing. Believe you me, if you would feel, if you would feel, gentlemen, if you would feel connected to your wife and you would feel appreciated, because I know how important that is for you guys. If you would feel appreciated by your wife, that she appreciates everything you do for her, then you wouldn't criticize. Yeah, you wouldn't criticize because you're going to feel good about the relationship. So the garbage is overflowed. You let it go. You're not going to get into a fight. It's not worth it. So dishes are stacked up. You let it go because, you know what? She appreciated. She just told you, thank you for learning with the kids. She told you how happy it makes her, the fact that you spent time with her last night. You feel appreciated. I'm telling you, most of the time you feel appreciated, you're not going to criticize. It works hand in hand. You know, I want to tell you something. It's funny. I'm looking at the clock here. It's 1140. There's so much to talk about. But I, I, I want to tell you something. I just thought about it the other night. If your spouse has anger management issues, yeah, you, if your spouse has anger management issues, they just like, they, 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 they know how to like blow gaskets. They get really upset and it becomes really nasty in your house. I want to tell you, you know what? I see a connection, a tremendous connection between anger management and self-esteem. It, it's an unbelievable connection. Most of these people, I should say all of these people, children included, who have anger management issues, who start screaming and going crazy and cursing and attacking and criticizing. All those men, especially men, there are, I see a much bigger problem with men than women, though there have women and plenty of women who have anger management issues as well. All those people who have anger management issues, you, you want to know how to take off their hats? Hungry, angry, tired, or stressed? You want to know how to do it? I'm going to tell you a secret. I'll tell you what they need. I'll tell you exactly what they need. They need attention. They need appreciation. That's what they need. They need appreciation. Your husband who has anger management issues, if you inject him with an extra dose of appreciation, go a little overboard. Put him on a pedestal. Tell him how happy it made you that, that he, he, he moved the uh, furniture so you could bring the painter in. Tell him how happy it made you that he learned with, the, with, with your child Gamara last night. Tell him how happy it made you that the fact that he went to the dentist. Now, you're thinking, like, Rabbi Greenfield, are you serious? I have to tell him how happy. It made me that he went to the dentist for himself. Who cares? Marriage is not about din. Marriage is about chesed. Who cares? Tell him it made you happy. Whatever he does, tell him it made you happy. If it's something that you can tell. But it's his kids. It's his kids. He's learning with his kids. The same way I have a responsibility. I can't learn Gemara with my son. My son, my husband obviously has to learn Gemara because I can't learn Gemara with my son. So he, he has to do it. There's no such thing as has to. The same way you don't have to do the laundry, he doesn't have to do. You don't have to. This is what we do because this is the right thing. I'm not going to wrong. But if you're going to go into the have to world, I got to ha he has to do this, he has to do this, she has to do that. No, there are expectations. Don't get me wrong. 
And if we don't meet these expectations, there are ramifications. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying now, ladies and gentlemen, is that those of you who have anger management husbands or wives, I'm telling you, I'm telling you a quick fix. I'm very serious. This is a very quick fix because I've seen it over and over again. Just give them extra doses of attention. Specifically appreciation. Specifically appreciation. That works. That works very well. But what, what we're talking about now, though, is, is yeah, what we're talking about. We're talking about spending quality time. We're talking about connecting. We're talking about your wife's need to connect with you. And it's a very real And when you see that she's all upset and blunted and, and negative, I'm telling you, it's just a matter of reconnecting with her. You're not getting it. I, I'm telling you, you're not getting it. She's screaming. I haven't spent time with you for so long. What do you think I'm so upset? you think I'm really upset about this? And she'll bring things, and you'll be like, whoa, my wife is like, mamish, like, I married a mashkiach. That's how some men tell me. I married a mashkiach. But no, you know why she's feeling like a mashkiach? First of all, I'm not trying. This is not, I'm not defending women or defending men here. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just being very real about what works. And what works to calm your wives down, for those of you who have issues with your wives, I'm telling you right now, is spend quality time. Spend quality time and stop giving yourself and her excuses. Because you know what? I know your excuses are real. You say, what do you mean? I want to spend time with my wife or I'll make extra money. I come home from the office much later. Or I, I, I'm in coal. I have a chavrusa. What do you want? And there are some times that your wife needs extra more attention. So I'm telling you, spending that quality time is very important. On the same note, on the same note, and I'm, I'm, I'm not scared to tell you, ladies, I'm, I'm sorry to say this to you. And I'm going to speak to, you know, there's, there's an even, even playing field, Rabbi Greenfield. Ladies, it's very important I'm telling you right now. And that is, don't feel resentful when your husband is not spending time with you. Meaning, I know, good and well, based on the Torah, that you have a need to connect with your husband. It's a need. And when you don't feel connected, you, just, like, you, feel, like, you feel distant. You feel distant. But don't get upset at him, because there are going to be certain times where you can't necessarily rely, and that always happening. I know it sounds very weird after what I just told you. But the reality is, is that a lot of girls get married thinking like, Oh, this connection I have with my chassan is going to be there forever. You know, it has to be built on. It has to be invested. You have to work on it, and you have to reach it. What you have in the beginning is like a, it's like a dogma of what should happen. But then life sort of gets in the way, as they say, and there's so much stuff going on. And if your husband is not necessarily there for you that one night or the next night, instead of feeling resentful, you have to accept that this happens. I'm not telling you you shouldn't feel distant obviously you feel distant but your mission is not to become resentful and negative and complaining and stuff like that your mission is rather to communicate to your husband and to go to your husband to say to your husband Moshe Yaakov Shlomo I just want to tell you I know you've been very very busy in the past couple of days I know that you have deadlines at work I know that you've been doing reports I am not blaming you I just want to tell you I'm starting to feel very very distant and my battery is really starting to work, go on low do that instead of feeling resentful and attacking and negative and blaming and just being negative because what's going to happen is negativity is going to breed negativity. Your husband will not understand. Either he's not listening to the show, and even if he is listening to the show, he might forget because he's built in patterns. He has built in patterns. So you rather communicate to him and say to him, Moshe Yaakov Shlomo, get him in a good time and say to him, listen, I know. By the way, you hear, ladies, how I'm saying it? Because it's very important. I know how busy you are. I understand. And in the back of your mind, you might be thinking to yourself, I don't really understand. Like, obviously, this husband of mine has priorities, and I'm not one of his priorities. Ladies, don't do that. 
Don't do that. Even if you feel that's what it is, you're not going to get anywhere like that. You're not. First of all, I, I venture to say that it's not true, it, at least fully to the point that you're saying it. And even if, even if it is true, it's not going to work. What do you want? to Get into fights? So you know what's going to happen? You're going to get into fights. You know who's going to suffer the most besides you, your children because that's the way it's going to happen. So instead, go to your husband. Say to him, I understand. I understand. Even if you don't understand, sort of try to understand. But you know what? I feel like my battery is becoming very low. And a lot of women are afraid to say that. And something you, you should not be scared to say. You should really not be scared to say. So that's number one. That's number one. Not to feel resentful and to understand that life is life. And this, these are things that happen. But then there's a different need. This is a different need. And the other need, and I'm not saying, again, I, I just want to chazer here because I don't want to, you know, <laughs> Baruch Hashem, Hodel Hashem, Kitov Hashem, you're amazing. I, I know a lot of people listen to me. A lot of people listen to me. And, and even like as I speak, I feel sometimes people like misinterpret what I'm saying. So I, I just have to chazer. I'm not saying it's not pivotal to spend time with your, with your wife. It is pivotal. I'm saying, to, and I'm not talking to the, to the men now when I'm talking to the women. I'm telling, telling the women that when it's not happening, instead of getting resentful, communicate. And try to make it happen. First defend your husband, then just state how you feel. Not, you better spend time with me. It's not fair. You promised me. But instead, I'm, I'm really starting to feel distant. I'm, my battery is still it's really starting to get low. If we could spend some time tomorrow night, I'd really appreciate it. There's nothing wrong with saying that, as opposed to just becoming negative. And the other thing I want to say like this. There's another need out there that we, we all have. And this is not just women. This is also men. And that's like this. It's the need to vent our stress, the need to talk it out, the need to be able to have someone who listens to us, who's there for us when we're having a stressful day, when we're worried. As I'm talking to you right now, ladies especially, but also men, I know that you, you're probably worried about something. <laughs> I'm not worried about anything. I'm listening to you. Yeah, but once you shut off the radio or whatever, you're listening to it, you're going to be worried about something. It might not be major. It might be, it might be minor. It might be in the back of your mind. Child, you're this, you're that. We're always worried about something, hopefully a lesser level. You know, we're worried, worried about this, worried about that. Some, some people are worried even more than other people. Some people walk around all day worried. It's unfortunately becoming very normal today, I hate to say. But it is. It's the, it's the fact of life. But you, you want to know what the most therapeutic tool for this worry is to be able to speak it out to someone who listens, who's there for you, who has empathy, who has sympathy. And this is a lot of stuff that has to happen. In it can't always happen when you're spending quality time. It can't always happen. But it's very important to be able to speak to someone who cares for you, who's there for you. So if you want to complain about your child's teacher, if you want to complain about, obviously you have to be very careful about Lashon Hara. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not, this is not a green light for Lashon Hara. But what I'm saying now to you is that we have a need. We have a need to talk to someone who listens to us, who's there for us. And it's very important. It's very, very, very important. And we should apply ourselves to our spouse when they're venting to vent. Now, as I'm telling you this, I know what a lot of you are thinking. I'm not, I'm not trying to play mind games. I'm just telling you based on my experience, Baruch Hashem working with people. And that is like this. And that is, but my husband doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. He just complains, complains, complains. All he is is negative. Or my wife doesn't stop. She just complains, complains, complains. I can't. I can't take it anymore. So here's what I want to say to you. Here's what I want to say to you. Don't take this in a bad way. But I'm telling you this is true. Most of you are not, good, are not listening good enough. You're not listening because you're so done with his negativity that you're not listening anymore. And what has to happen is that you have to listen to him 
And the next time he comes home and he, he needs to vent and you sit there and you're with him and you're listening to him, you listen to him. Let me finish. This is, let me finish. Listen to what he says. Be there for him and empathize and sympathize. He's going to feel good. And you're going to see he feels good because he's going to want to tell you more and more and more. There's going to be a point in the conversation, which you haven't done in the past, where you're going to say, that's really, really crazy. If I can share with you my day, I'd really appreciate it. You've got to shift it. Clearly, you don't want him to hijack the conversation. And that's why a lot of you are done. You don't want to listen to your husbands anymore because he's being so negative. So I'm telling you, listen again, because he needs that. I'm talking to women, but I'm really talking to men as well. Listen as well. Listen and empathize and sympathize. <laughs> With men, I find it's not a problem of them listening. It's a problem just giving them time to listen. Sometimes it's a problem because they want to, give, they want to fix it, right? But the point of the matter that I'm saying right now is if you have a situation with your spouse that all you hear is negativity, all you hear is kvetching, all you hear is criticizing and kvetching, and like you don't want to even talk to your wife anymore, you don't want to talk to your husband because all you're going to hear is negativity. I'm telling you the way to fix it instead of saying, stop being so negative, everything you say is negative because that's just going to create more negativity, is to be a better listener. Say to them, wow, that's crazy, I'm sorry. And then they're going to feel listened to and then sort of steer the vehicle in the opposite lane. <laughs> I, I don't mean this if you're driving, ever, okay? But I mean if you're driving your relationship, stare and say, okay, if you could listen to me now, that might make me so happy. And then you're going to feel listened to, and then it's going to be a two-way street. It's very important to do this in your relationship. It is. And I want to tell you now also another very important thing, and that's as follows. You can't always depend on your spouse to listen to you when you are going or have gone through a stressful day. You can't always depend on that. As much as I'm telling you that it's important, and I know how important it is, and I know how necessary it is, I'm telling you your husband or your wife will not always be able to be there for you with this proud of listening to you when you're frustrated. For several reasons, it's not an excuse, but I, I, I just want to explain it to you. For several reasons. Number one, like this. Number one, your spouse might have, might have had a really bad day themselves. A really horrible, as horrible day as you had, they might have had. Now, you might not think it's horrible. What do you mean? I'm going out to work and she's home. Or sometimes you have, I'm going out to work and he's home. He's in Kolel. So, you know, you might feel like, how could you compare? First of all, we're never to compare. You never compare. You never compare your hard day to her hard day. You don't do that. The same way you don't compare other spouses, the same way you don't bring in other family members and say, well, your father, your mother, it's just like a taboo. You don't do that in a relationship, ever, ever. You don't bring you just like your mother, like your father or him, look at their spouse, that I had a harder day than you. It's, it's, it's honestly, for lack of a better term, it's immature. It's babyish. It's immature. We don't, the children do that. We don't do that. We don't do that. Some, some, I hate to say it, some adults in certain areas. Okay, whatever. The point of the matter is here that sometimes your spouse really had a really hard day. And you also had a hard day. And they're not going to be able to be there for you. You're going to have to find some other, some other sort of outlet for someone else to be able to listen to you. Maybe your mother. And it's funny because many men think that they marry their mother. And whatever dependency, emotional dependency they had with their mother, they expect the same from their wife. It's not true. 
because most of the times your mother will be able to be there for you because the connection your mother has with you is not a connection that's dependent on working on a relationship. She has that connection. She gave birth to you. It's an, it's an autopilot connection. It's an autopilot connection that she has with you. She'll always care for you. She'll always want to hear from you. She, she's your mother. Not all mothers like that, but I would say most mothers, they want to hear from you, talk to me. Now, there are mothers who are not like that. But many husbands marry women. They think their wife is their mother. No. Sometimes you're going to have to call your mother and speak to your mother and de-stress that way. Ladies, ladies, this is not a green card for you here. I don't mean this like, okay, you, you don't have to listen to your husband. Generally, it is your function to listen to your husband and to be there. I would say 90% of the time, even 95% of the time. But I understand that 5% of that time, you just can't. You're not, you can't. You, 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 just, you had a crazy day yourself. You want to listen? You can. And this works both ways. Ladies, for men as well, sometimes your husband had a crazy day. You want to catch and complain, but he can't be there for you. He had a hard day himself. So now what? So now he needs his time. Let him go into his cave. Let him do his thing. Read his book. Listen to his music. Whatever he does, you know, whatever he does to relax, let him relax himself. Then he'll be able to be there for you. But he needs to relax. Then he'll be able to become a Klee. Because that's really what it is. You need to become a Klee. You need to become a Klee. I, I once asked a lady who, one, one of the, the, the biggest in, in, she's a therapist, and we work together. She, she, she this woman is very big in, uh, Nebuch, when people pass away, so there's some Nebuch people who go through a lot of trauma. They need to speak to someone. Bereavement. And she's a bereavement specialist. And I asked her. She's one of, I would say, probably the top bereavement specialist today. And I asked her. I said to her, what, what's your secret? What do you do? And she says, I work on one thing, and that's becoming a Klee. It, it, there's nothing I could really say, but they know that I'm there for them. And she's a Klee. And, and that's what we have to do in our marriages. We have to become a Klee. Both husband and wife sometimes. When? When there's stress and your husband has to release his stress or your wife has to release stress. So it's important to do it, but sometimes we can't and you can't become dependent. And my point today here is at 11.57, 32 seconds or whenever you're listening to me, maybe Monday night, is don't become resentful if your wife can't be there for you or if your husband can't be there for you when you're de-stressed. Because number one, maybe they had a really hard day themselves. Don't become resentful. It's definitely going to create some sort of distance. And I don't, want, I don't want to fake it out, make it like, oh, it's okay. It's not okay. It creates this and that. And, and it's a valid excuse, but there are ramifications. But don't become resentful. Don't become resentful. Don't become resentful. It's not her fault. She had a hard day herself, number one. And, or he had a hard day himself. That's number two. This is really applies more from the men than to the women. I'm talking to the men now. When you feel that your wife cannot be there for you because you really had a hard day and she's just like not there. She'll listen to you, but she can't really listen to you. What I want you to think is as follows. I want you to think about the following. When was the last time you spent quality time with your wife? Yeah, yeah, I'm bringing that up again. When was the last time you spent, when was the last time you two went out, either went out for a coffee, you don't keep, feel comfortable doing that, Went out for a walk, spent quality time with each other. It doesn't have to be going places. You just took a walk around the block. When was the last time you did that? It hasn't happened in a while. She feels disconnected from you. She feels distant. And a piece of her is missing. Her emotional oxygen. She hasn't been breathing. Now you want her to listen to you? Like, seriously. Now, I don't mean in such a, like a severe way, seriously. 
the woman should still try to listen. But you know what? You have to give her an opportunity to connect. You have to give her opportunity to share. You have to give her an opportunity to speak to you and allow her to listen. That will allow her to listen to you. And definitely this works both ways. I'm not saying it doesn't work both ways. Everything I say works both ways. But I see patterns. I see patterns. And the pattern that I see is that what? Is that the woman is the one who has, and that's for me, it's from the Torah. Woman has that need to connect. And when she doesn't ha- feel that connection, doesn't feel close to her husband, and her husband comes to complain and is negative, it's like, I don't want to hear from you anymore. Now, ladies who I'm talking to right now, who I'm talking to you, because you're hearing me now, and you're like, oh boy, he's talking to me. Your mission is not to listen to me and say, well, he better get his act together. He should listen to my show. Your mission is different. You know what your mission is? Your mission is to fight yourself and really listen to him. And utilize the leverage of him feeling connected and listening and stare it in your direction. You hear me? Stare in your direction and listen to him, even if it's negative, and be there for him and say, that's crazy. I'm so sorry to hear that, that your boss was so upset with you or that you're menahel or that this, that, the other thing. I'm so sorry. That's crazy. Sounds like you had a really crazy day. Reflect what he's saying and thinking to yourself, boy, it's like I'm only supposed to listen to him. What about me? And then say to him, if I could speak to you a little bit about my day, that would make me very happy. And then when he listens to you, you can say to him, wow, that made me so happy. That was so wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening today. This has been Rabbi Greenfield. Uh, those of you who have questions, comments, you can text me. I feel bad. I say this at the end of every show. I can't, I, it's getting to a point I can't always get back to you. But you could try. You could definitely text me. You can always text me. I'll try to get back to you, Blina, there. Um, have an amazing week. Have a connecting week. And remember, it's not a want, but it's a need. Connection is a need. And those are the C's. Remember we said the C's. Number one, committed. Number two is what? Is to connect. Ah, committed, communicate, connect. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing, amazing